0: You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health... The more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices, which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. This week, I have joining me Andrea Nakayama, who is a functional medicine nutritionist and educator. And we're going to have a chat about autoimmunity, which is a really important topic. I know so many of my listeners struggle with some sort of autoimmune disease, and she's got a really cool way of looking at the body and kind of how how to adjust things and how to help you kind of move through that. And I'm excited for our chat. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Erin. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah.
0: So can you start by sharing your journey?
1: Yes, of course. I think that we all have a journey that leads us into our practices. And for me, like with many others, it started with a personal health crisis, not my own to begin with, although that came as well. But my husband was diagnosed with a very aggressive brain tumor, a glioblastoma multiforme, when I was seven weeks pregnant back in April of 2000. And at the time, he was given about six months to live. This is, like I said, a very aggressive tumor. So we do the math. I'm seven weeks pregnant. He's given six months to live, not expected to see our son born. And at that time, I took my passion for food and cooking and started doing my thing, which is research and seeing where we could make a difference in shifting those outcomes for him while also supporting my own body and my growing baby at that time. So we did extend his life. He lived about two and a half years. So there was a good time of imprinting with our son. He died in July of 2002 when our son was 19 months old. So that was uh, a really precious time. And that woke up in me several things, not just the powers of quote unquote, food as medicine, but also where there are some gaps in our healthcare system, where we see a patient like their diagnosis and not like the person they are, and where we can broaden our perspective to bring more individualized, personalized care. And that led me on a journey that in his honor, in his name, led me back to school, led me to build a practice and then an online institution where I train thousands of practitioners from around the world and also have a virtual clinic where we see patients as well. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah. I, I love hearing all of the
0: guests. I, have, I love hearing everyone's story because everyone does have you know something that's kind of called them to this work. And I think... I think it's what makes everyone, you know, I guess, such good practitioners and good at doing their job because they they're personally called to do it.
1: Yeah, and just to anchor on that, I'm really passionate about the realm of story when it comes to patient care. So for me, it's not just what's happening physiologically, but who are you and in functional medicine we look at that through what we call the atms the antecedents the triggers and the mediators but i really like to expand that into the narrative realm and look at the emerging field of narrative medicine and help patients understand that there is a journey that led them to where they are today it didn't just happen overnight and the more we understand that journey i believe we go from the why me that we can get stuck in when we're in pain and suffering, to the oh me, oh wow, and that's a little corny, but I think that really Good. shifts our approach to how we embrace self-care when we understand some of those connections more deeply.
0: Yeah, that's. Be- I, I like that that little subtle shift there. Why me to the oh that's that's me. That's, I get to, I get to go through this journey, and this is this is exactly. cool. Yeah. yeah, I get to listen to my body and see what it's telling me to do.
1: Yes. And my history and my ancestors and like all of this led me to where I am today. And I embrace that as opposed to being in conflict with it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming this is kind of where you get into, if you think about the inherent nature of an autoimmune disease, the body's in conflict with itself, right? The body is absolutely itself. So why don't, why don't we dive right in and
1: talk, talk to me, your view about autoimmune disease. Let's let's get right to it. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of talk these days about root cause resolution. And I think one of the myths, Mistakes we make is that we're looking for the root. So people are often talking about what's the root? Is this test going to show me the root? That way I know the root. Is it heavy metals? Is it mold? Is it what's the root? And I always like to remind people that there is no one root and we need to broaden our perspective. So the analogy that I work with is reminding patients that any sign, symptom, or diagnosis we are experiencing is a branch. It's not a root. So let me just draw out this illustration. Let's say you're walking towards a field and in this field, you see this beautiful tree. It's this beautiful developed tree that you're so in awe of. It's alone in this field and you walk towards it. And as you get closer, you recognize that some of the leaves, Are turning and it's the middle of spring that shouldn't be happening some of the branches may look like they're not as healthy as they could be and so you have to decide what to do you're really compelled to support this tree to thrive so you can get a ladder and pick off the leaves so you don't need to look at them you could get a ladder and a saw and saw off those branches so you don't need to see those or you can start to think wait a minute this is the Expression of something that's happening deeper within. Where do I need to go? Yeah, I need to go down to the trunk and nourish the trunk. The way I nourish the trunk is I nourish the roots, plural. And the way I nourish the roots is with the soil. So I always say that with any chronic condition, that's any autoimmune condition, any chronic condition, anything that's where we're sick and not getting better the three roots that are always activated are the genes, digestion, and inflammation. But we can't change those roots. We can influence those roots. And that's where we think of the soil. So you can imagine a Venn diagram. If we were visual right now, I'd pull it up for you. But those Venn, that Venn is genes, digestion, and inflammation with the genes... Our influencing factors are food, movement, environment, and mindset. That's the soil or terrain, the influencers. So each of those roots has a circle of influence that orbits it. And that helps us direct our attention to what we can be doing as patients to not be playing target practice. We can go to our practitioners for that. So that we can be nourishing that terrain more broadly, and I'm happy to talk into any of those three roots or their soil, so that we can understand why does this matter for the expression and the ultimate remission of my chronic condition. Yeah, that's a really beautiful way of
0: explaining. But I like that. I like that a lot. So, so it was it was genes, gut. Inflammation.
1: So talk to me about the four things. Mm -hmm. Digestion.
0: Talk to me about digestion. What are the four
1: factors there? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a functional medicine nutritionist, as you said. So I will not talk to people about food without talking about the symbiosis where food meets physiology. And that is... Digestion, So we cannot just be following food rules or dietary theories online that work for one influencer that we're following on Instagram, because that has nothing to do with where we actually take in and utilize those nutrients. And a lot of times those theories may not be appropriate for the individual. What's in vogue may not be right for you, whether that's a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting, we need to make it right for your body and your body's physiological needs. So the influencers, the influencing factors or the soil around digestion are the mechanical, the chemical, the structural, and the microbial. There are some things we might be able to work on there all by ourselves. And there are some things we may need support with. So mechanical comes down to our chewing. Many of us are not properly chewing and chewing activates so much of what we need to break down our food chemically That's where the digestion, that's what digestion is. We may need support there. Do we have our gallbladder? Do we need extra support to break down our food? Structurally, this is what comes to whether there is a structural um, abnormality that's already happening or inflammation that's causing something like diverticulitis or diverticulosis, but also our gut integrity, as we call leaky gut. And that microbiome, there's lots of ways to feed our microbiome besides taking probiotics, which I'm all for, but I do believe there's the right thing, the right amount, the right time, and that could be something you do with a practitioner, but there's ways to feed our microbiome, which include sleep and exercise and our polyphenol rich foods like blueberries and our resistant starches. There's lots of things that we could be doing to feed our microbiome as opposed to just skipping ahead you taking high doses of probiotics, which becomes the way that we think we're adjusting our microbiome. Yeah.
0: I'm actually not a huge fan of taking probiotics. I, in certain cases, I think they're warranted, but most of the time I take people off of probiotics and we do those basics. Yeah, <laughs> Because if you change, I, I always say it's kind of either pH is, is like temperature, right? We're changing yes. Since you're changing t- per terrain, you're changing the pH. And if the pH is healthy and it's where it's supposed to be the right bugs are going to flourish if it's not you're going to have and you could have if you have an unhealthy ph and you keep dumping probiotics in there they're just going to die they're not going to thrive you have you have to address the terrain and i like how you talked about that with food as well like if you're if you're just eating the right diet but you're not addressing sleep you're not addressing chewing you're not addressing other things it, it, you're probably still not gonna get the results that you're looking for. And I'm sure, I know I get tons of patients that come in and they're like, I eat this perfect diet and I just feel like I'm so hungry all the time and I have X, Y, Z yeah. symptoms, but they're not really addressing those underlying, you know, exactly.
1: it's what's well, like the basic lifestyle practices, right? Exactly. I always say my mantra is everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. And that lines up to scientific practices, omics, precision medicine and epigenetics. Those fields of study tell us everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. And if you were seeing me, you'd see my hands going because I have a functional nutrition matrix that lays that all out so that when we're looking at a case from a clinical vantage point, and I also love to teach patients, we're mapping out our truth. So that we can see that, oh, me, this is fully me, as opposed to I'm my bloating, I'm my Lyme, I have histamine intolerance. These labels that we put on ourselves are connected to each other. Those branches are all connected. And when we can recognize that we stop playing target practice and we go and we nourish, like you said, those lifestyle practices, that soil, I think we lost our way, our job. As patients, we're all playing practitioner and embracing interventions that may not be appropriate for our particular bodies.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I think I've said this multiple times on the show, but I, when I was first in clinic like in a, as a med student, I, I think the first case I ever took, it was this really complicated case. She had probably 15 cheap complaints. She was on polypharmacy, multiple supplements. I was like, whoa. And I Dr. Diadamo was the overseeing clinician for me at the time, who was a mentor of mine. And I, I brought in this case and I was like, I have no idea what to do. This is way complicated. I don't think you need help. And he's like, The more complex the case, the more you go back to the basics. He's like, exactly. Let's put all that stuff over here. Let's talk about her sleep. Let's talk about yes. you know what her stress levels are. Let's talk about her emotional health. Let's talk exactly. about like the basic stuff. And I, that has stuck with me. I don't, I don't think a day goes by where I don't think about that when I'm seeing patients. Like I get these patients that come in and they're like, well, I've got XYZ diagnosis and I've seen all these specialists and blah, 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 blah. And they hand me this file and I'm like, I don't really want to see that. I want to talk to you. I want exactly. to hear like, and you know, I'll still look at it because they're like, wait, I brought you all this stuff. But I'm like, honestly, like all that complicated stuff, it, it may be necessary at some point. But right now we have to get the foundational stuff. Exactly. And if and if that's already in place, great, then we can move there. But mostly the reason that they
1: got to that place is because the foundational issues have not been addressed. That is a thousand percent correct. And I'm constantly reiterating this to the practitioners I teach. I call it the three tiers of nutrition mastery. Tier one are the non-negotiables. Tier two is deficiency to sufficiency. Tier three is dismantling the dysfunction. Most practitioners are going right for tier three. And that's what medicine does. That's what conventional medicine does. So great, if somebody needs to target that thing, then it's being targeted. But what about the terrain that's allowing that problem to exist in? So tier one non-negotiables My non-negotiable trifecta is sleep, poop, and blood sugar balance. It doesn't mean there aren't other non-negotiables that we figure out in that conversation. If I say to someone, what are your non-negotiables for feeling... Healthy. Everybody has things right now as you're listening. You could think like, oh, it's a non negotiable for me to spend time with my friends or to eat breakfast or to have my coffee every morning. Like, whatever your non negotiables are, that is part of what I'm embracing in addition to the trifecta of Mm -hmm. sleep, poop, and blood sugar balance. Deficiencies have to be addressed, or we're building on quicksand. So that tier two deficiencies. It could be a vitamin B deficiency. It could be a microbiome. Or it could iron, be a
0: deficiency in yeah.
1: joy or oh, sleep yes, yes. or hydrochloric acid. Or, you know, there's so many things that when we broaden our perspective, we see more of that terrain as opposed to the pain point that the person is coming with. The trick there is helping the person understand that you are addressing the pain point as you address the terrain, mm, yeah, we are doing tier three work yeah, by working in tier one and tier two. Well,
0: and sometimes it's okay. And, you know, when you, if you're a practitioner listening, it's okay yes. to be, to be treating, doing the tier three work while you're addressing the other thing. Because sometimes you need to, you know, Correct. You need to be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to have you take that herb to sleep, or we're going to keep you on your sleep meds so that you get sleep while we're addressing this. You know, and that's, so, so let's maybe, we could probably talk about this forever, but let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of like, when you're looking at these three tiers, where autoimmune dysfunction starts to happen and how we can kind of start to work on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be in those three tiers and three roots. So I just introduced two different models that I look at. So the three roots are those genes, digestion, and inflammation. It's not one thing. It's all three things. So with uh, if you have an autoimmune diagnosis and or you suspect you have an autoimmune diagnosis or something's happening chronically that hasn't resolved for you. And you've seen all those practitioners who are my favorite people to work with because it does take a real shift in how we're approaching the situation, but all three things have been activated. And again, your genes, yes, you're born with them and you have influence over their expression. I am not a fan of looking at genetic testing. I, right. I like it just fine. It's to me wallpaper, but we never know because there's polygenomics, what's expressed, what's not, what turns the other one off. And so I think it leads people astray unless it's looked at in the right context. So for genes, I'm not looking to say, oh, you have that MTHFR, that comp gene, so do X, Y, Z. I'm saying let's influence the expression of your genes with those factors. So just to say, where did it start? It started with our genes and then something went wrong in our digestion along the way that is impairing our abilities to yield the food and the nutrients we take in and properly utilize them and then we're in an inflammatory state we may feel none of those things Mm -hmm. but we feel them in some way so all three have added up in our lifespan to be Needing our attention to reverse the condition that's been labeled as autoimmune or chronic. Because as you said, autoimmune is the immune system attacking our own cells and our own tissues because that immune system is confused and it's confused because of those imbalances that are happening in those three areas, genes, yeah. digestion, inflammation. Yeah question for you in this
0: kind of model you
1: have where does the infectious
0: stuff come into play because I, yeah. I i found it a lot of my patients with autoimmune they have all the things you're talking about but they also yep. have reactivated epstein-barr or possibly lyme yep. or mold exposure or some of these other factors that are you know confusing the immune system of it and creating even more inflammation
1: yes so that comes into the inflammation route which is it. clear calm enhance and modulate. We may need to clear a viral infection or a microbial infection. We may need to calm the immune system and the nervous system. That clearing could have to do with anything. As practitioners, we're having to think what do I need to clear? Do I need to clear a food? Do I need to clear an environmental toxin? So that inflammation circle is the biggie for me in autoimmunity, but we start to influence that while we address the other areas. So let's take something like a histamine intolerance or a mold, for instance. Those are big issues, but they are still rooted in other areas. There's a reason why two people could be bitten by the same tick bite, eat the same E. coli infected spinach, be exposed to the same mold, have the same you know, food poisoning and react differently. And it has to do with that internal terrain. So the more we shore up, this is from a functional nutrition perspective. I don't work without a doctor on board. If we have an infection that needs to be worked, I'm supporting the terrain to tolerate the intervention. Because as you likely know, Erin, a lot of people who go through these interventions can't tolerate them. That's why a lot of the Lyme doctors and mold doctors send people our way because what they're doing is too extreme for that body to tolerate. So we still need to do the yes and. Like you said before, we can do tier three. We may have to do tier three. If someone has a parasite, I'm not sitting here going, food is medicine. Like we gotta address. That infection, while we're shoring up the terrain and right-sizing the interventions and the treatment to fit the body's ability to tolerate it, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. And I like that you brought that up because you know I, I diagnose a lot of Lyme in my practice, and not it was not what I intended to get. I <laughs> like hormones, <laughs> but but I found that infections tend to be things that tend to wreak yeah. havoc on the hormones and. And but you know I sometimes will sit a patient down and say hey you know you've got going on and we did find some active Lyme in your system and they're like well why don't treat it and I'm like eh, we're gonna we're gonna do a few things first before I mean yeah. sometimes you treat the Lyme immediately but there are other times someone is so sick and these other buckets that you're talking about you know if their digestion is really really off you know some of the Lyme treatments can be really really hard for the body to tolerate and they're gonna it's gonna make them feel weaker and even worse and so we wanna yeah. we wanna like. Fortify the system so that yeah. it can go to battle against whatever it is. And anyway, so it's, it's all of these things are so important. And I'm mean, yeah. just sitting here thinking that one of my main messages on this on this podcast is: if you're going through any of this stuff, it's really helpful to have a practitioner helping you through it. This is, yeah. you know, if if you've got your body has an autoimmune disease, this is not something you want to walk alone. Like, and not no. that you can't do your research and advocate for yourself, but it's it is really hard swimming through all the information and all the stuff out there. And it's also really hard to be objective about yourself. So it's, it's really yeah. important to have someone who's knowledgeable in this and can help kind of hold your hand and hold space for you and figure out what direction we're going to go in. Because as you can see, like, it's not always a black, there's not always like a, a set way to go about this.
1: Correct. There's no protocol.
0: I mean, there's, that's no protocol. What,
1: there's no X for Y. And that's where conventional medicine sits. I train a lot yes. of nurses who uh, are coming in and learning functional yeah. nutrition and it's very hard for them because they're used to the protocol. You see this, you do that. And yeah. what we're talking about, Erin, is a world that's not as clear-cut. And that's a hard protocol. for patients. Yeah. There's no quick fix. Yeah. And there is no protocol when we're yeah. talking about chronic conditions like autoimmunity. And you said that so beautifully in terms of what I find that a lot of patients are looking for the one practitioner who's going to do it all for them. And the practitioner may recognize that diet and lifestyle modification matter. Their ability to right-size that for you depends on their scope of practice and Is their it? background and training. As a patient, we're stuck in the weeds. We yeah. can't see. I asked a patient yesterday who's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and Hash- Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroid disease, what her if she knew what her yes, no, maybe foods were. And she said, I don't have any no foods, but she's in chronic pain. So what that tells me is she doesn't even have a baseline. She doesn't have a baseline of Of when I eat this, I react because she never feels good. So we can then start to surmise like this is some work we need to do to understand what does your body respond to positively and negatively. If you don't know that you're not empowered to go represent yourself in your doctor's appointment you're yeah. at their mercy and we need to be empowered not to know what they know but to know what only we as patients can know best yeah. and that's ourselves we're yeah. the expert in yeah. the room yeah in yes. ourselves
0: and this is this is such an important point and you know doctors can tell you whatever they want they can tell you what they think what they've seen what might possibly work but it's so important as a patient for you to be like hey I really value that, but or I, I tried this dot, but it really didn't work for me. And yeah. and you want to find a practitioner who's gonna respect that and who's gonna say, yeah. Hey, you know what? Cool. I don't live in your body. Keep telling me what happened and we'll find a new way to walk through this together. Because yeah. you know, and I, I try to practice this and it, sometimes it's hard as a practitioner to be like, well, wait, I, I really thought this was gonna work and I don't know why. But a patient comes back and they're like, well, I had this crazy reaction. I'm like, that's making a list of reaction. Like, I'm in my head. I'm like, how is that even possible? But that's exactly. their truth. So I'm like, you know what? I don't live in your body. So let's find a different way. So you want exactly. to find a doctor who's going to put their ego aside and, and really listen to you. And you know, and and if the other thing, I had a patient recently that we've been working together for a while, and she has a lot of chronic stuff going on, and she's made I think as much progress as she's going to make with me. And I I referred her out to someone, and she's yep. like, are you letting me go? And I'm like no, you're happy to keep, I'm happy to keep seeing you, but I, I, this is out of my realm. I think you need someone else and I'm happy yes. to, you know, collaborate and, but you also want to find a doctor who, if they don't know or a practitioner, if, if they're like, I can't help you anymore, that they're going to refer you
1: to someone else. Yes. Like, thousand percent. Right? And like, embraces that partnership, right? Yes. There's a time and a place for every point of care with that patient that I've mentioned. She has pancreatic cancer. I'm not, yeah. I'm not pretending to be her surgeon or her oncologist. Yeah. I'm working with what her body can do to tolerate what she's about to go through. We have different rules, and those rules need to be understood and respected and be able to work together when necessary to do so. So yes, I think that understanding our scope and our limitations is what the best practitioner can do. Yeah. 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 And
0: it's not easy. It's not easy when you have a chronic condition because one, you don't feel good. And there's so much you get on the internet and you're Googling and you're reading and you're like, oh my God, there's this done and there's this. And, but again, I think the point is you need to come back and figure out what works for you, what feels good for you, you know, what foods are, what what are, what are your, I like that non-negotiables. I might start stealing that as a question. It's a really great question. What are your non-negotiables that know X, Y, Z, you do this every day and that makes you feel good.
1: Yes. And functional medicine. So go
0: ahead. I was going to say, and that needs to be like top of your treatment plan.
1: Exactly. Those are our mediators, right? Yeah. So for me, the entire goal is to expand the patient's known mediators. Our mediators are what makes you feel yeah. good, what makes you feel bad. And if you don't know any of them, then yeah, how, that's do, you, a how work do you move for forward? To yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it out. we have no we have no influence then. Yeah. So that becomes our area. Okay, yep. Yeah, now we know. Now we know a bedtime of. works better for you than a bedtime of 11 because we've tracked and learned X. You now know that you get to play the risk and reward game that's yours as a patient. But we overstep all too often what we think is simple Mm. for the complex. I like to call it the simplicity on the other side of complexity because as a practitioner, when I understand the physiology and the systems biology, that's the complexity That leads me back to you know what? Sleep impacts your hormones, sleep impacts your microbiome, sleep impacts your inflammation, sleep impacts your ability to deal with oxidative stress. So, yeah, we're talking about sleep and that seems really easy, but I'm actually bringing you into the physiological implications of poor quality sleep. Mm. Yeah.
0: This also makes me think about, you know, when you put someone on a, a food elimination diet or, you know, Cutting out certain things, and I recently had a patient. I'm like, okay, you need to cut out gluten, and end. she was like, I did such a good job, but I had it this one time, and I'm beating myself up about it. I'm like, well, that's not a bad thing. What happened when you had it? And she was like, oh exactly. my gosh, x, y, z it. I'm like, well, that was a perfect learning experience. Exactly. You now know exactly, you know that that you know your mediator. You know, hey, this yeah. is something I can't have. Or I've had patients where we pull them off of eggs or something else, and they they're like, I had it, and it didn't make a difference. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe the test wasn't right. You didn't feel anything, or. So it's a nice or it's quantity, right? Yes, like you or can its eat quantity. eggs that
1: one time, yeah. but if you eat eggs every day, the joy pain starts to come back. I see this all the time and it's only good. through that play and experimentation yeah. that we know about ourselves. You know what? This is true of me. Yeah. I can eat eggs on occasion in a baked good, in a yeah. like paleo baked yes. good. I can't eat eggs every day or i will start to feel it in my fingers and i write a lot so that isn't worth it to me risk reward just made a decision can do can't do and it's not a diet it's Mm -hmm. the lifestyle difference and i do feel like the realm of nutrition is tricky right now because there's either a lot of theory here's the way or we're very anti-diet culture and Mm. Nutrition is about growth, metabolism, and repair. And for autoimmunity, we need growth, metabolism, and repair. And if we're not able to do that, then we need to focus on nutrition. And again, Mm. it's not a diet, and it's not throwing dietary interventions to the wind. It's understanding what's true for you, whether you have a history of disordered eating what is too far too soon really looking at again that story where we started Mm -hmm. and letting that inform our approaches forward yeah well it's almost
0: like the way you're talking about it's almost like you know, if you're looking at this, like, oh, I learned that, like, you make it a little bit fun, like, oh, I got to learn, exactly. like, through that mistake, I mean, I got to learn that, you know, what you just said, like, I can only eat eggs once a week, or and making it, like, not scary, you know, it's like. Exactly. Because I think sometimes we get so scared, or your hear patients, they're so scared, oh, my gosh, this symptom happened, and something's wrong, and it's like, no, your body's just giving you information. Your body's exactly. just telling you, hey, you ate that, and I didn't like it, and so next time you make the choice where you don't eat it, or I ate that, and I loved it, I felt so good. I recently... I moved recently, and I found this new coffee shop near my house, and they have the best gluten-free muffin I have ever had in my entire life. And I eat this thing, and I don't eat a lot of baked goods, but it is so good, and like Mm. it has brought me so much joy. Like (laughs) like this morning, I was like, I'm gonna go get my muffin. I'm gonna start my day. It's so good, and and like that's so fun, right? To have some fun, like to make because that's you ultimately want to get to a place with your with your diet and your nutrition where. Food becomes fun and it's exciting. Oh, it's it totally. tastes good. And it enhances your life, and you know that the food you're eating is nourishing you and is yes. helping a- affect how your genes are, you know, expressed. It's helping your digestion. Exactly. It's helping reduce your inflammation, and then it's kind of cool. You're like, well, I'm going to eat this, and that's going to do these three things, and it's reducing my, you know,
1: potential for autoimmune disease. And yes. Exactly. Exactly. It should be fun. It should be playful. It should be a journey. It's not a protocol. It's not a quick fix. And that's the big mental shift that yeah. I think we have to make when we have an autoimmune condition, like an autoimmune paleo protocol isn't going to fix you. It's an outside and inside job. Mm-hmm. It's where the two come together. And that's really, for me, the biggest lesson in yeah. all of it. Yeah. So
0: where can people find you? And do you work with you yeah. virtually? I don't personally, unless
1: there are some special cases. I'm also writing a book. So for the book, I will work with some select clients. However, I do have a team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance that does. If you go to andreanakiyama.com, you will see my most recent work personally. It'll lead you to the Functional Nutrition Alliance where we have the training and the clinic. So the training for practitioners, clinic for patients, my podcast, the 15-Minute Matrix, which is practitioner- Great. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but that's all linked there at andreanakiyama.com. So one Perfect. link to take you all, all the places. places. Our podcast will be on that site so yep. we can hear our conversation. All of it's there. Yeah, we'll have those in the show notes, but thank you for sharing.
0: Great. That's great. Well, this yeah, has been thank you for a great asking. conversation. I've loved chatting with you and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Yes. Go check her out. Check out our website. If you're a practitioner listening, which I know have a lot of practitioner listeners, check out you know if you want to do some more learn some of it sounds like you've got really great ways to help people think about the body which is awesome yeah, so my if, favorite if you're thing if you're do. struggling to you know get patients where you want them to sometimes you know taking another course or will up level your up level your practice which is cool thank you thanks yeah. for having me here so much for being fun to talk on. to you yeah see you yeah. next week i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the dr King show Be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week.